You are listening to Kingdom Faith, where we focus on the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. On this week's episode, we talk about Halloween. We talk about the monsters in the Bible. <laughs> um, so this will be my, <laughs> this will be that was good. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> This will be a much more laid-back episode. Um, I will give a slight disclaimer. We might stretch a little bit of these. Yeah, we're going to be indulging the, the spirit of Halloween. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to try to really make a good connection between you know, our Halloween monsters like witches and mummies and werewolves to stories in the Bible. And there are some, um, and we're going to see that today. And we're, we'll look at some other... Well, what I would say, terrifying creatures of the Bible, too. So um, I think it's going to be a really fun episode. Um, so I hope that, uh, that you also enjoy uh, what, we're listening, what you're going to listen to. So, Ben, what would be your best Halloween laugh or sound effect? No, I have to try to top what you just did. Yeah, you have to try. How about that? I don't know. Can we chime in cricket noises? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chirp, chirp. Um, so but before we get started with some of this, we're going to have just a couple fun questions. So what what do you, Ben, what do you think the best Halloween candy is? Okay. So I guess this is a controversial statement. It probably is. We're probably going to make some people mad. <laughs> when I think Halloween candy, I think things like candy corn. Yeah. Or those little candy pumpkins. That's probably my favorite. Candy pumpkins. Yeah, I mean, it's the exact same thing as candy corn, but... Oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about, yeah. Uh, I would say that is my favorite Halloween candy, because, you know, other sorts of candy, I it's just candy. Candy corn specifically comes around once a year, and I love it. I think it's great. Do you remember getting the, like, the popcorn balls? When you go went trick or treating, I remember getting homemade popcorn balls that people like had wrapped up in plastic wrap, and we never ate them. Yeah, I don't we think... never ate them either. We just can you get them store bought? Yeah, you can. Okay. There, we've had them packaged before. Yeah, I didn't know if it was just you know weirdos who like unpackaged them and <laughs> wrapped them in plastic wrap, but I'm pretty sure that for the most part they were homemade. I think. Uh... I don't know because you're right. There are definitely like specific Halloween candies like. Mainly candy corn is the biggest one, and there are it's like fifty fifty on whether or not a person likes candy corn mm-hmm. or whether they do. I do like candy corn, but I like just about every candy that there is. Yeah, so I'm definitely. I like thing. I like chocolates, you know, and most of the times they're like fun size, Three Musketeers or something like that. But Almond Joy is probably my favorite candy. Ooh, yeah. If I'm not a big fan of the almond, but normally there's. There's, it's a good balance where you don't notice it as much. Isn't that just like Mounds? Mounds is dark chocolate, oh. though. That's an abomination. Is it? <laughs> That's one of the monsters we're talking about on yeah. the episode. <laughs> dark chocolate. So, Ben, one more question. What do you think the scariest monster is? Okay, so I had to think about this, and I went a more serious route. I put down Body Snatchers. So, Phil, Body Snatchers is like... I don't know, like, what it is, but it's, like, this idea of, like, these monsters or aliens or imposters who, like, take over someone's identity. 
So, like, I could be sitting here talking to you, but it's not really you. It's someone who has, like, taken you over. Yeah. And so, along with that idea, a little bit is, like, the idea of demon possession, but more just the idea of, I'm here talking to you, and it's not really you. Yeah, like, I'm, like, my real self is, like, at the store but on my fake self is here mm-hmm. yeah. and you know you have a purpose i don't know what it is it might maybe just that they want to take over your life and that's bad for you and it doesn't really affect me but i think that's scary what about you phil i don't know i had a hard time pinpointing what i thought the scariest monster would be and and honestly, some of the ones we're going to mention towards the end of this episode would probably be on that <laughs> no. list of the scariest but I think that, like, the Halloween-type monsters, like the mummies and vampires and and some of those things, I think probably out of those, I would say, like, vampires. Okay. Um, And especially, like, if they were able to, like, walk out in the day. Because Mm -hmm. you wouldn't know, like, who's who or whatever. And they they do all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that was probably my first Halloween costume. Was it really? Like, a scary Halloween costume. My first Halloween costume was Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. (laughs) Mine was a a pumpkin, if I had to guess my first one. But when I was able to pick my own, I think I picked a vampire. Mm -hmm. So we'll go ahead and move on to uh, our first one, and it's the witch. The witch. The witch of Endor. <laughs> so, and this is this is a story of Saul, and he's and he's going, uh, he's he's kind of terrified. I'm going to do my best to read these stories as quick as I can, because we're not gonna, it's not really, we're not really breaking down the passage, mm-hmm. but we're just kind of connect them to to Halloween. So don't try to get too much, uh, <laughs> uh biblical. Don't be like, well, that's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> Because there are some, and we're obviously stretching this for the mm-hmm. Hall- Halloween's sake. So, First um, Samuel chapter 28, starting in verse 1. In those days the Philistines gathered their forces uh, to fight against Israel. Uh, Achish said to David, You must understand that you and your men will accompany me in the army. David said, You will see for yourself that your servant can do. Achish replied, Very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in the town of Ramah. Saul had expelled the Medians and Spiritists from the land. The Philistines assembled uh, and came and set up camp in uh, Shunem, while Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp at Gilboa. Uh, when Saul said to the Philistine army, he was a when when Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, find me a woman who is a medium or witch or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) so I may go and inquire of her. This is one in Endor, they said. So Saul uh, disguised himself, putting on other clothes, and that night he and the two men went to to the woman Consult a spirit for me, he said, and bring me, bring up for me the one I name. But the woman said, Surely you know what Saul has done. He has cut off the mediums and spirits from the land. Why have you set a trap for my life to bring about my death? Saul swore to her by the Lord, As surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished for this. Then the woman asked, Whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, he said. The woman saw Samuel. 
she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, to her, Don't be afraid. What do you see? The woman said, I see a ghostly figure coming up out of the earth. What does he look like? He asked. An old man wearing a robe is coming up, she said. Then Saul knew uh, it was Samuel, and he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I am in great distress, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has departed from me. He no longer answers me either by prophets or by dreams, so I have called you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, Why do you consult me? Now the Lord has departed from you and become, become your enemy. The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands, given it to your neighbors, to David. Because you did not obey the Lord and carry out his fierce wrath against the Am Amalekites, uh, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of Samuel's words. His strength was gone, and he had eaten nothing all that day and all that night. And that's what was stopped. I know that was a lot of verses, but like I said, the main part is the witch. Ben, tell us about the witch. Phil, I think that this is, out of the three main ones that we're going to talk about, that this is like the most stereotypical, like you could see this in like a little kid's yeah. scary storybook. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Phil, I get this idea in my mind and it, it makes me think of that the stereotype witch scenario, which we get from Macbeth, if you don't know, just a quick lesson in, uh, what's the right word, tragedies, mm -hmm. Shakespearean tragedies. So there's like this idea of something wicked this way comes, like Saul has been basically cast out of God's graces, mm -hmm. like God's not answering him anymore, and he knows that David's on the rise, and he sees this Philistine army coming to oppose him, and he's terrified, so he goes to find someone who he thinks will help him, so I imagine this dark and stormy night, yeah. and he's hooded, so she doesn't know who mm -hmm. he is, and he finds this cabin out in the woods, and there's this witch like stirring that big old cauldron <laughs> and like saying that double double boiling trouble and all that stuff and he's like i need you to summon someone for me and she's like oh this is this what are you talking about like yeah. that's illegal i would never do that and her black cat's like just sitting behind her like oh what are you talking about <laughs> and he's like hey come on i'm not an idiot like i'll take the brunt of the consequences of, of these mm -hmm. actions. I need you to summon Samuel, which is outside of this Halloween context is a little weird, a little scary. Mm -hmm. So we see a witch and we see a ghost and who knows if it was really Samuel. Uh, some people say it is, some people say it isn't, but she raises him up and Samuel says, you're done, man. Like tomorrow you're going to be with me. Like, the the quote-unquote ghost of Samuel basically tells Saul, you're going to die tomorrow, and it's because of this, this, and this that you've done against God. And it's just super spooky, you know? Yeah. You definitely get the picture of what you would assume, like, a witch's scene would be. Mm -hmm. Like, it's definitely makes it seem like it's dark and gloomy and, and stormy out, and, and he disguises himself. Yeah. 
and then she obviously it must have been a fairly good disguise because she doesn't know who he is at first until she she realizes oh wait this is probably not happened very often where I actually con- yeah. conjure somebody up that mm-hmm. actually comes in a ghostly figure. Uh, however, we're not going to get into some of that stuff, but that's a whole episode on its own, yeah. just about that this other realm. Um, so there, you're right. People think that um, it might have not been Samuel, or and then most people actually think it was, and and this was to say that you're done, mm-hmm. you're done, Saul, and that's what we get. But this would be terrifying, yeah. not only for the witch because <laughs> it's probably done that very often, mm-hmm. um, and two, Saul. Knows he's done. Yeah. And he even says at the end, you know, not only now is he bowed down to Samuel, but he's like flat. He's like done. He is mm-hmm. on full length on the ground, done because of the moment he just witnessed. It's like this last act of desperation that just is futile. You know, and, and the crazy thing about, you know, he just, he just made a decree telling all these people to leave. And... His first instinct is to go to a, a mm-hmm. witch, go to a medium, go to a spiritist for answers. Um, when, and there, there's so much here. I could we could talk about this story the whole time if we wanted, but um, this is our first one. This is a scary movie with a bad ending, yeah. which is sometimes the greatest scary movies, the ones yeah. that don't have a good ending. Yeah. Um, it does not have a good ending for Saul. Yeah, not for Saul. <laughs> um, it is not good at all. And, and this, sometimes you wonder, you know, this is like, this is like movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see, I could see them making a film out of this scene all over the place. Yep. I mean, they kind of do, but it doesn't have the biblical characters in it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just, this is probably the clearest one. That we're going to talk about yep. for the most part. Um, so we'll go ahead and move on to the werewolf. The werewolf. The oh. wolf man. <laughs> <laughs> the wolf man. Um, and this one is in Daniel chapter 4. And it's not going to be as many verses I'm going to read. Um, it's pretty brief uh, for the most part. But just so uh, we understand, you know, this is the king, Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. And... And he's kind of got some of his guys in place, the boys and Daniel, and his name's different, obviously. What Belshazzar. Yeah, so it's very, it's also a very kind of scary Babylonian name and some things like that. But So Daniel chapter 4, starting in 24, and this is kind of where he's already had this dream, and he's going to get this interpretation, or, or, or Daniel is interpreting interpreting (laughs) the dream um, and this is the interpretation your majesty this is the decree the most high has issued against my lord the king you will be driven away from the people and will live with the wild animals you will eat grass like the ox and be drenched with with the dew of heaven seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the most high is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to everyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. So the dream fulfilled. Mm. 
All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, so just a year, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as your royal residence? By my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty, even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what I decreed for you. King Nebuchadnezzar, your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to everyone he wishes. Immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was filled. He was driven away from the people. He ate grass like the ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. Do you, do you know what like the quote-unquote medical diagnosis for a werewolf is? What the disease is called? No. It's called lycanthropy. Now you know. Okay. And, uh, is that just a hairy man? No. Um, so there are that sort. There is that sort of stuff. But this is like the fake, like oh, yeah, okay. mystical lycanthropy is the werewolf disease. Okay. Uh, Phil, the other thing is, do you know what a werewolf's weakness is? Silver. Silver. Yeah. Silver bullets. I mean, you know, silver, but normally they project it into their chest <laughs> pretty quick, and that's what gets the job done. Yeah. Um. So uh, I imagine King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel tells him this this dream interpretation, and he probably walks away a little bit spooked, mm-hmm. and he's like, uh, I don't, I don't know." And then some time passes, and things are going great, and more time passes, and it's in the back of his mind. And finally, one night, he's out on the roof of the palace, and he's like looking at his kingdom. And that that dream, that interpretation, is the farthest thing from his mind. He's like, you know what? Daniel was wrong. Mm-hmm. This is this not Babylon the Great that I have built? Yeah. And then a voice comes, and <laughs> he's like, the moon comes over the horizon, <laughs> and his voice is just repeats the prophecy, and he has it echoing in his mind, and he's like, oh no, and he's like just losing control of his body, and he just goes nuts. I mean. Have you seen the the music video for Thriller? Yeah, but... (laughs) It's just this stereotypical, like, something's happening to me! And then, (laughs) he turns into this creature, and he loses total faculty of himself. He goes and he lives with the the oxen, and his hair becomes like bird feathers. So we're imagining fur, but I told Phil it would probably be even scarier if it was Mm -hmm. like bird feathers. And he grows these claws, like he becomes a beast. Yeah. Like that's wild to me. It mm-hmm. was wild to him. <laughs> he was crazy. Mm-hmm. I I just sometimes you wish he goes into a little bit more detail with some of that. It's like, you know, what is going on when you know all this stuff is also happening? Because you know it's like it's on his lips, and he just goes nuts. Yeah. 
Um, and and like that picture on the roof, I can just you know you imagine because of the the movies and all that stuff. You know the moon coming up and him like glancing at the moon mm-hmm. and he's just changing. And <laughs> but but in all reality, you know it was it seemed very gradual for the most mm-hmm. part. Like he went insane and he goes and he starts acting like an animal. But then because of how he's living, you know it says he's starting to, you know yeah. his body is also starting to change. So it. Probably not. Didn't happen like you would think a werewolf scene yeah, would happen, like where you just start, skin off and, start getting huge yeah. and, and just going nuts. But he went insane. Um, but there is a little bit of the good part of that story, mm-hmm. which we didn't read, and we're not going to read it. But um, where he gets his sanity back, and yeah. he does say, you know, who God is, and and some of that too. So. Um, that's the good part of that story. Yeah, because, I mean, we've seen Nebuchadnezzar uh, in the book of Daniel through mm-hmm. so much, you know. He, he, the like, chapter right before, I believe. Yeah, it was yeah. what, um, Shadrach, Meshach, mm-hmm. and Abednego, and the fiery furnace, which we talked about here on the podcast. And I don't know is if King Nebuchadnezzar is also Daniel in the lion's den, or if that's the next king I after I think that him. that's the next king, I'm pretty uh, sure. But Nebuchadnezzar just, this is like almost his... Uh, his moment, his climax, where he uh, just has this moment, his come to Jesus yeah. moment, <laughs> where he, God told him what he needed to do and he didn't do it. So he struck him with this lycanthropy. Yeah. <laughs> and then when, he, when after the night ends and the clouds go back over in front of the moon, he's like, oh, I got to get right with God. And he does. Mm-hmm. So scary movie, happy ending. Yeah, this was this is scary movie, happy ending. Um, so we're going to go ahead and move on to our third one. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is also a happy ending one, yeah. just uh, to clarify. But, but Ben, can you give us your best mummy interpretation? Okay, i got to cover my mouth. <laughs> and then, I don't know, get like a door opening because of the, like, the, the sarcophagus like coming open. Um, that was horrible. Thank you. <laughs> Leave a comment about how good my impression of a mummy was. <laughs> um, so this story is John 11. Uh, it's the story of Lazarus. Mm-hmm. This is the, our mummy interpretation. So starting in verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord... But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with uh, strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This moment, like, that's a mummy. Yeah, that's, that <laughs> is a mummy. He has cloth around his face. He's got strips of linen like when you think of a, a mummy it's got like just stri- strips and strips just yeah. completely wrapped up that's him yeah like i, I don't, don't know how much he had on him but mm-hmm. i can 
Like, you can just picture a mummy coming out. Yeah. And I'm imagining this <laughs> from Lazarus's perspective. <laughs> because, you know, I, you know, as far as where he was, I don't know. But I, I am just imagining Lazarus waking up. And it's dark. And he can't breathe well. <laughs> and he can't move his arms. He's tied up with these rags. He's like... <laughs> and he just, I mean, he, he hears Jesus say, come out. And so, you know, what's he going to do? He can't see. So he follows the voice. And, I mean, that's just, that is the most significant thing to me. That all he has to go off of is the voice of Jesus to follow. Because this isn't like a dead mummy. This is a live mm-hmm. mummy. <laughs> yeah. He's alive. He's, he, he is coherent. He knows what's going on. He's yeah. just probably... A good chance he can't say anything or he can't move very well or whatever it is um i don't know how the jewish people wrap their well, they're pretty tight i yeah. guess no <laughs> so, uh i don't know too much about mummies most of my experience you know so obviously do you really know a lot about anything no no <laughs> so mummies are uh real because you know that's what you call a preserved yeah corpse normally like like you think pharaohs in yeah. ancient egypt and stuff mm-hmm. most of my experience with like halloween mummies is scooby-doo yeah, <laughs> yeah. all these is scooby-doo yeah right? yeah so the my the funniest part about this story i think it's the funniest part even with the whole story all together and there's some pretty good stuff mm-hmm. in this whole chapter is that jesus says take the stone away and Martha, the sister, is like, uh, Jesus, do you know how long he's been in there? <laughs> he's been stinking that tomb up for four days. And obviously says, Jesus reminds her of what he's already said to her. Um, but I just think that part's hilarious. Yeah. Also, this is every, in all three of these moments, if you're a bystander, you're probably fairly terrified. Yeah. Because maybe not so much with the witch because there were quite a bit. Uh, of them then and there still are but um (laughs) just maybe not the halloween time that we're thinking of but in this case you know you're sitting there you've never seen a dead person walk you know you never seen it you know he's been in there for four days even Mm -hmm. if he wasn't dead when he went in he's probably would have been dead now yeah because he's all wrapped up and he's probably doesn't have a whole lot of oxygen left (laughs) and you just see this man walk out Mm -hmm. and Hey, hey, Jesus says, take his take his grave clothes off. Nope. Hopefully get him some new get ones. Get him some food. <laughs> <laughs> get him some food. So, uh, with, these, uh, with these three Halloween characters, and, and uh, maybe if you want to, you can comment and tell us what, what your scariest monster is, Halloween monster is. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna we're gonna talk just just a little bit about some of the other monsters or creatures in the honorable Bible. mentions. Yeah, honorable mentions. So in the beginning there are giants. Giants. And these giants people people vary on how what their sizes are. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them it seems like really from nine to twelve feet. Um, it seems that way. Yeah. Now, there's a possibility that there were 30-foot giants and, and some of those things, but they were big, big people. So, Ben, if if you saw a, a giant today, how would you react? I would go inside. Because inside what? <laughs> inside 
any any door because oh, any they door. can't get through it. <laughs> and if they do have to go through it, they would have to crawl through it, which would give me an advantage. I'm thinking about all these from a combat perspective. Yeah. How to how to get rid of these. Yeah. How do you so nothing happens to me. Um just to clarify, I'm not gonna give any scriptural reference for these, mm-hmm. but if you you can Google every single one of these and multiple scriptures are gonna come up for most of these. Yeah. Some of them are very specific on where they're at. And like I said, if I remember, I'll give you a brief one. Like there's a moment here in Genesis uh, that there, the giants are talked about. And I think even in Deuteronomy, there might yeah. even be a spot. So they're, um, they're looked at as like, a, like what you said, like a race of people. Yeah. They're, they were like an, their own community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how they were. They were just kind of described. They're, they're the giants. Yep. So the next one's the, Cherubim. The cherubim isn't the isn't the cherubim like a good one? Is yeah, it like an it would, angel? It would it would be g- something good. Yeah, it's like an angel. And but just because it's good doesn't, doesn't mean it's, it's not, not scary. Ter- <laughs> it's it's fairly terrifying. And I I like I said I'm not gonna give a whole lot about them. I'm just going to give you what I know about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and cherubim they were big. They were they had wings. They have four different faces. And they have different animals on them. I can't remember exactly what each of the animals are. You got a human face. I know there's a lion face. Um, there's maybe maybe like a bowl or something mm-hmm. like that. But different animals on the different sides of the face so that it can see all around. So and it's it like even it's... has eyes everywhere. Ugh. So it's not like a normal, like you think a human skull. But then, you know, the right side of your skull is another face. And the left side it of your would skull be, is another face. It doesn't give that much detail, really. But I would picture it as like a cube head. Yeah, a like, cube head and with a different face on each yeah, side. Like yeah. It's probably not like that and it's it could look completely different than what uh, you we could imagine in our head probably. Yeah. But that's kind of the picture that it gives. And it's got some other stuff. So I think it might even have some some horns or something like mm. that. Or like uh, like what we see it with Nebuchadnezzar, like uh, claws of an eagle and stuff yeah. like that. So so there's some of that. Um, these w- are good because they're guardians. I believe these also guard the throne of God. Mm. Um, they're also there. They might even uh, they might they're in a lot of different places in the Bible. I believe there's spots in Isaiah where it's talked about. I believe the Garden of Eden had uh, cherubims guarding the entrance of the garden uh, when they when Adam and Eve was kicked out. So they're all over the Bible, and I'm sure there's probably places in Revel- in Revelation where it talks about the throne and they're guarding that. But just to say, in our own fleshly nature, these would be horrifying. Mm-hmm. Now maybe when we get to heaven and we see one of these, okay, how's it going, Dave? What's up, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> probably not like that, but um, it it might not terrify us as what mm-hmm. it might here on Earth. So uh, the next one is, I believe I'm gonna say it right. Leviathan, yeah, um, and this is not a creature I know a whole lot about. I know it comes from Job. What with the depiction of where it is in Job, it's like a, a sea serpent. Yeah. It would be like Loch Ness, but yeah. more terrifying. Yeah, or kraken. Yeah, or like a kraken, oh, a yeah. giant squid, but uh, like tough, like really thick. Yeah, uh, hide. I guess mm-hmm. is the right word. Probably. Um. Just like, you know, a classic sea monster right there in the Bible. So the next one, like I said, we don't have a whole lot of information on Leviathan, Mm -hmm. but it's in Job. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you exactly what chapter, but it's in Job. 
Next one is, say it, Ben. What, the Nephilim? Nephilim, yeah. I always mm-hmm. mix, I always want to say Nephilim or something like yeah. that. But Nephilim. These, this is a little bit of, not, I wouldn't say controversial, mm-hmm. but this thing, it can get talked about quite a bit. It's in, yeah. it's in Genesis. Um, it, it's, it's kind of these half-breed angels. Yeah. Um, they're kind of angels that seem to probably gotten kicked out of heaven, yeah. something like that, and they interbred with humans. They, however that worked, uh, that's something I don't think we'll ever know. Um, but they they had they interbred and and then that's kind of their race, and they mm-hmm. were kind of these angels and and son of man, man all at the same time. So, so I when I was looking at some of this stuff, they were potentially. Uh, where some of the Greeks got their mythology and some mm-hmm. now how I don't know what kind of power they had here on earth or anything like that they're fairly large uh, creatures or beings whatever you want to call them um, like I said we don't have a whole lot of information um, yeah and this is a weird one yeah. too because it is a little controversial people aren't sure what to take as fact what to take as fiction because it's in the Bible and mm-hmm. we and we view the the Bible as true and so this is having a super weird topic that we don't know much about. Yeah. But And with all these, me and Ben, we're not experts. Nope. <laughs> we don't know really the details about this, so um, we're just having fun with this. Um, but like I said, it's in Genesis. If you want to know more, I bet you there are biblical scholars and think, and, and they, they would know maybe a little bit more. But I'm telling you, even then, you can only know what the Bible says mm-hmm. about them, and, and that's okay. If we, if we need to know more about them, God would put more into his yep. word. So there's some of that. So we won't spend a whole lot of time. There's like these half-breed angel type beings. So the next one. Mm-hmm. And there are more than what we're going to talk about here. But these were horrifying when I read. <laughs> and this is going to happen at the end times and some of those things. So uh, they're, they labeled it as pit locusts when I looked it up. But they're just called locusts, but they're different. They look yeah. completely different. And I'll describe the best I can with, and it's in Revelation chapter 9 uh, is where this is talked about. So these locusts, they don't look like normal locusts. They got, it says faces like humans. They got women hair. <laughs> they got tails of scorpions. And, and I won't go into all the the horrible details that are going to yeah. happen with these things because it's not good. When you when these things are coming on the scene, it's not good for really anybody. Mm-hmm. But there's more details about it if you want to read about it. But this is pro- – when when we talked about the scariest monster or scariest creature thing, this would be mine. Yeah. Because when you read about what this thing <laughs> looks like, it is scary. And they said they'll look like horses going for battle. So – so does does that mean they're the size of horses, or does that just mean how they're gonna line up? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But if these are also the size of horses, you better run and yeah. hide. But it also says you can't. <laughs> I <did>. so. <laughs> so there's some of that. Um, ben, do you know anything about these locusts? I don't. Yeah. This is one that you brought to the table. Uh, I don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. Um, this is like this is a scary movie. This is like Godzilla, like monster movie, yeah. like watch out, like. Um, so the last one we're gonna talk about here, um, it's fairly known for the most part. It's in Revelation, 
Um, there's a couple, even a couple other spots where these are talked about. Um, there's a little controversy about what these, what they actually are, but um, at least in Revelation, it's pretty clear what they are. Um, dragons. Mm. So, um, like I said, there's some other in the Old Testament passages about uh, these dragons. Some people just say they're dinosaurs, um, which they could be. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, but the ones that are talked about in um, Revelation, they're pretty clear that they're probably be more like the dragons that you see in the the medieval movies and some of <laughs> yeah. those things. So um, we don't, I don't have a whole lot of detail about the dragons. I just know these are also creatures that I would be terrified mm-hmm. of, and that's kind of what this list is. Yeah, the creatures that Phil would be terrified the, of. The biblical monster mashup, yeah. which is the title of the episode, right? It Phil? is. It is the title of the episode. <laughs> um, so I just want to give uh, some final thoughts here, um, and then maybe we'll just chit chat about Halloween. Mm-hmm. But um, my final thought, and it's very, it's going to be as clear as day. The Bible is not boring. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Yeah. We just talked about now. These are just the Halloween themed one, but there's so many. There's mystery. There's all sorts of different things, and not that the Bible's supposed to be just a good fun read. I mean, it's a changing word. That's what it's meant for. But for you to say that the Bible's boring and, and I just can't get into it, I would say then you're not reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not absorbing what we're reading because this this got all sorts of stuff in it, um, and we just read very very few. And I even mentioned. You know a few other things that are more on the scary side side of things, but if I looked at the good side of things, we'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. So and maybe even much more. For the most part, this is it for the Halloween theme stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we could probably easily stretch some other stuff and have some fun with some other passages of scripture, but the Bible is not boring. Yeah. That would be my big takeaway too, and you know. There's, uh, it's, it's just an echoing of what you're saying. There, there is fun stuff. You can make the Bible relevant, and using things like Halloween as a lens is sometimes a great way to talk to others about it or talk to kids about it. You know, kids are a great one. Like, looking at monsters in the Bible, like that's a, not not a kiddish thing, but that's a very, you know, kid would be in, interested in it thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ben, did you? Did you go trick or treating as a kid? Yeah, my yeah. mom. T- my mom and I, after uh, so I'm the youngest of three, and after my older brother and my older sister uh, stopped going or at least stopped wanting to go with our parents, my mom and I got very serious <laughs> about <laughs> making sure that we had a route pre-picked, that we went to the best neighborhoods and got the most bang for our buck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we did stuff like that all the time. We would, I remember one year, our goal, and it's, mo- it's every kid's goal, I feel like, is to get as much candy as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and there would be kids, you know, you just run in from door to door, trick or treat, boom. Yep. You know, you're just trying to get as much candy as you can in the couple hours that you get. So, um, and do you ever remember like the trunk or treat stuff when you were a kid? No. See, wouldn't. that just wasn't really a thing. And we're not very, I mean, we're 25 years old. We're not that old mm-hmm. from our trick-or-treating days. I just don't ever remember there being trunk-or-treats. No. We, w- we would go uh, to a nursing home sometimes, would have residents 
like at their doors passing out candy, but never anything as far as a church oriented yeah. trunks and that sort of thing. Um, I would just to throw out something here and not to spend a whole lot of time on it, but if if you're a church and you're trying to figure out how to engage with your community around this time, trunk or treat is a good mm-hmm. always a good option for you to to try. I mean, yeah. you can do it outside. I know last year we had to do it. We did it on our church. Mm-hmm. Um, they just had had the kids come through. You just get to you get to meet your neighborhood kids. You get to meet the neighborhood families who are with their kids, and and sometimes parents um, only really feel comfortable taking their kids to those places and yeah. because there are some uh, unfortunately there's bad things in the world and and I would never scold any parent for not you know only letting only letting their kids do, go to those things because mm-hmm. they would be scared of other things so yeah. um, I would just say if, if you're looking for something to do as a church that's a good ministry avenue for yeah. for, for this time of the year um, but but with what you said, Ben, about you know picking out you know with label label and what <laughs> route you would go, mm-hmm. and I remember there was six of us, it's me and my cousins, and we all were on bikes, um, and we every single one of us went to a different part of our town, and we had, I think, five trash bag fulls yeah. of candy. I, we and I, I can just about bet we did not have we didn't come close to eating all that candy <laughs> like we definitely would have had to throw some of it away mm-hmm. and I, I'll, I'll share another story with you I'm we're staying the night at my aunt's house and uh, they we were watching a scary movie on Halloween upstairs in uh, my cousin's bedroom and um, they had bunk beds or something like that, and the window was open. And what I didn't know is my uncle was going up a ladder onto the roof of the porch to get into the window to scare all of us kids that were watching <laughs> no. this scary movie. And he he dives through the window yeah. at us. And I'm, like, right by the window. And, you know, as a kid, you that's that's some scary stuff mm-hmm. and but I remember my cousin being so scared and he got out of there so fast and we're upstairs he f- <laughs> he fell all the way down the steps <laughs> he ran right off the steps and tumbled down the steps yeah. but when your adrenaline's going like that you know <laughs> mm-hmm. he just got up and he just kept going so that was those were probably one of the more uh, one of the biggest memories yeah i think i have from halloween i think and this is not necessarily a good one but uh when after i stopped going trick-or-treating with my mom i still went for a couple more years with my friends and there was one so uh, you left your mother to go yeah that's horrible i know (laughs) (laughs) uh and this is bad story too so i learned my lesson (laughs) (laughs) we were uh trick-or-treating around our little our small town and we got in a fight at one point, uh, and we, <laughs> someone tackled me, and it wasn't a bad thing, but I was on the ground, and there just happened to be a pile of leaves, so they tackled me in a pile of leaves, we were little kids, it was funny, but my uh, bag fell open, and I was too angry at the time to do anything about it, so the next day, uh, when me and my siblings, I think just my sister, were walking home uh, from school from the bus stop, uh, I stopped at this pile of leaves and got my candy out of it. 
And, crack, and most of it was still there, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I bet. It's in a pile of dead leaves. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Is that it? I think so. Phil, what is your... Do you have a favorite scary movie? Probably not. Okay. Never mind. Then we won't talk about yeah. it. <laughs> I just couldn't... I can't... Cut if you asked me out. what my favorite movie was, I still couldn't tell you. I just, I'm a pretty big movie buff for the most part. I like... I like quite a bit of different movies. Jeepers Creepers. I have seen that. I've seen just about. I've seen just about all of them. Yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead and end the episode here. Um, hopefully you had fun listening to to me and Ben, even though sometimes it can be boring. If you were looking for some biblical information, I am sorry that this is the episode that you started with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this might not have been the the best one if you're looking for <laughs> no. biblical uh, insight, but. Hopefully, it gave you a good understanding of the Bible. Is talks about all different things. It's wild. Yeah, it's wild. Just like King Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> um, so our weekly verse is Romans thirteen twelve, which says, "The night is nearly over; the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light." All right, well, that concludes this spooky episode of Kingdom Faith. Uh, Thank you for listening. As always, leave us a comment or a request for an episode at kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com. And thank you for listening to Kingdom Faith.